we're going to continue our Acts to the Ends of the Earth series that we've been working through as a church. This week I'm going to be continuing in chapter 4. Um, last week, if you were uh, paying attention you, or connecting online or with us in the Fletton Centre, you'll know that we, um, we looked at uh, chapter 3. In chapter 3, we looked specifically at the event of this paralysed man who was healed in a moment and whose life in an instant was utterly transformed and changed uh, as he also, having been healed, uh, it became a Christian, decided to follow Jesus. Um, remarkable story and I, I, I just want to commend this book, the, you know, this book but also the book of Acts that we're reading in the New Testament. Um, it is packed with really really exciting authentic early Christian living which demonstrates and helps us um, know and appreciate how we are to live out our lives as well in response and so I really want to just encourage us please uh, it, if you get nothing else from the, this next 20 minutes, read the book of Acts. Read the first eight chapters, nine chapters. It's so exciting. Read beyond that, but it's so exciting as we, you know, this is, this is the beginning of the church. Jesus had died. He had, res he had come back to life and he had ascended to be with the Father, poured out his Holy Spirit, and boom, the church comes um, on the scene, full of the Holy Spirit. Amazing, really exciting stuff. Read it. We're going to read um, from verse 1 to 22 in chapter 4. So if you've got a Bible, please uh, feel free to read with me. <coughs> Excuse me, it says this. As they were speaking to the people, that's Peter and John, uh, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of those men came to about 5,000. The church is growing rapidly. <clears throat> On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, that's Peter and John, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this, the, the healing of the paralyzed man? <clears throat> then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this man, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when, the boldness, uh, when, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. The council were astonished. And they recognised that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition, but when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that 
it may spread no further among the people. Let us warn them to speak no more at all in the name in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. What a remarkable story. <coughs> Packed with, with drama. I mean, you'd, they'd make a great soap, wouldn't it? But that's not what this is. This is, whoa, this is the word of God. This is entirely different. Um, it's the word of God, friends. Uh, and it's encouraging. It's life-giving for us. Um, I want to just ask you a question before we get into it. We're going to pull out four things from that last segment of that chapter. But I want to ask you a question. Um, for some of us, this might be some years back. For some of us, not so many years. But uh, I wonder if you've ever been in that, that situation uh, at school. Maybe it was in a competition outside of school, university days. Maybe even later on um, where you were picked for a team. Uh, hockey team, netball team, football team, any other kind of team. There's usually the A team, lot, you know, they're the ones that everyone wants to be like. The, the, they have the skill you wish you had. Uh, and then you've got the B team bunch or the C, or the C team or the D team. Um, hopefully I'm not bringing up fresh trauma for all of us as we experience being picked, perhaps not for the A team. But we've all probably had some degree of experience of what that might look like, even if it was just playing kiss chase in the playground. I don't know. Um, but you had the A-team. You had, the, you, you had the, the ones who were, you know, they were the chosen ones. They were gifted. They were skilled. They, were, uh, ev they had everything. And then you had the rest who got put in a team and, you know, they got second place to play or third. Um, my first encouragement to us, my first point to us, friends, Jesus doesn't have an A-team made up of the Incredibles. It's not like that with him. In fact, actually, we can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, another book in the New Testament, it says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not. To bring to nothing the things that are, and um, my first my point my point with this is, um, we can very often assess ourselves, and think ah I'm not the A team. Perhaps you've done stuff which makes you think I oh, really I don't deserve, I don't even I don't even deserve to be in the A team. Friends, my encouragement comes from verse thirteen. Verse 13, it says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John uh, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. James and John weren't A-team guys. They were B-team guys. They were C-team guys. And um, friends, I really just want to, I want, I want courage to be put into you. Whether you feel you disqualify yourself because of what you have done. Or whether, or whether you just think, you know, you haven't got the charisma. You don't know how to share the gospel or be a witness. You're, you're not eloquent with your words. Um, I want to encourage you. Jesus doesn't call you because you're eloquent, because of your eloquence. 
He doesn't call those who are powerful or superior or good looking or, you know, to, for those who, who have, have got it all going for them. In fact, that's not to say he doesn't choose them, but he chooses, uh, he chooses the common. He chooses the uneducated. He chooses the unimpressive. He's not interested in what we bring to the table. He's interested in your heart. And so this morning, I want to I wanna encourage us, how do you respond to Jesus? Because he's interested in your heart. Maybe there's just fresh repentance. You say, you know, Lord, I've disqualified myself because this, that and the other. And it's, some of it's my own stuff, my own guilt. But Jesus, I thank you for your cross where you, you, you forgive me. You take away my shame and you call me a, a son and a daughter and to live as a witness. Friends, he has chosen you and you have a significant role to play. You do. You do because he's chosen you. Because he's chosen to die on the cross, to rise again, bringing you into newness of life with him. Cancelling your debt that was held against you so that you can be a new creation in him. Isn't that wonderful? He chooses us. He chooses us. The next part of verse 13 says, and this is my second point, the, 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 the latter half of verse 13 says, and they recognised, this is the council, looking at Peter and John, they recognised that they had been with Jesus. I love that. And it, it provokes me and it challenges me. Uh, what do you look like? Do people recognise that you have been with Jesus? Now, the, 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 the court, the elders, the priests, the high priests, they knew who Jesus was. This, Jesus lived only weeks before this event took place. And, and Jesus died and, and he rose again. But he's now ascended. These guys knew who Jesus was and they said, wow, look at these guys. They look like him. They've spent time with him. The people around you might not know Jesus, but they will recognise that there is something different about you. So how do you present um, this isn't, you know, we don't live under law. There's no legalism here that you need to behave in a certain way. Because actually the Bible tells us that we are transformed, sanctified, changed from one degree of glory to another. How? By being with Jesus. We're very often so shaped by um, the, the things of this life, the things that we've dabbled in and given ourselves to. We come we come to him filled with a whole bunch, bringing a whole bunch of baggage along with us of insecurities, uh, mis miscomings, uh, faults, failures, uh, shortcomings, um, and the other stuff and the gifts and the strengths and the skills that he's put into us. But we carry, we, 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 we come into the Christian life with a whole bunch of stuff which says your, your identity is based on, uh, you know, how you've achieved. Um, and your confidence is, depends on uh, the, the measure of gifting and skill you come to this life with. And if you don't have much of it, then you tend to be lacking in confidence. And friends, I want to say to us this morning, Peter and James were utterly transformed. Peter and John were utterly transformed guys who looked different and they recognised they'd been with Jesus because they didn't look like this before. They were just normal fishermen. But Jesus transformed their lives. And I want, to, I want to say to us this morning, friends, there's a really beautiful process that God brings us on. <coughs> As I mentioned already, we are made new creations. And, um, and we're made newer and newer every day as we live with Jesus. He, you know, like that 
diamond which has raw intrinsic value even as it's dug up from the earth it's not fine cut it's not polished or anything but it is beautiful so God goes to work on us and he polishes us and he trims us and cuts us and in order that we might become more and more beautiful and friends that only happens as we live in relationship with Jesus so how are you spending your time and what do you give your time to I want to encourage us very simply friends let's invest in this the bible says of of him that in his presence is joy everlasting the bible says of him and jesus said this of himself if the sun sets you free you'll be free indeed if the sun sets you free you'll be free indeed It says that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Psalms say that, the book of Psalms in, in the Bible. Friends, there's a massive invitation from Jesus. Say, come to me. I'm the giver of life. I'm the author and sustainer of life. I know what's good for you. I created you. I love you more than anything else. Come to me. At my right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. You want fulfillment? You want peace? You're searching for this and that? You look in the wrong places, but I love you and you're my child? Come to me. At my right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Friends, there's an invitation. Very simple. Let's come to Jesus. Some of us have been a bit lax with our relationship with God and not invested in it as much as is good for us and we, as much as we can enjoy and revel in and and live in and yet he's inviting us no 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 just come to me come to me and you will find life in all its fullness in all of its fullness friends I want to invite us to continue to develop this uh, this this our relationship our individual relationship with him and our relationship as a church together we do this together as well it is you know one and the same they're inseparable we do this individually we close our door we go to our uh, father who's in heaven and we spend time with him and we meet together and we enjoy praising one another and build praising jesus and building one another up that is our that is our challenge this morning the corresponding reaction to the action of spending time with jesus is evidence isn't it there was evidence um, uh, by Peter and John as a result of them being those who spent time with Jesus. The evidence was this man who before couldn't walk, all of a sudden can walk again. Miraculous. There's undeniable evidence. And this is my third point. In verse 15 and 16, we can read together. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Awesome. Isn't that amazing? A side note is this, 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 the court, the high priest, uh, um, Alexander, John, Annas, and, and the others who were there, the scribes, the Pharisees, they didn't become Christians as a result of this. But they, they said this is undeniable evidence. They said this is evidence and we cannot deny it. A, 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 a sign has been done in our midst. The whole of Jerusalem know about it. There's evidence. And friends, I want to encourage us. There's evidence. As we spend time with Jesus, there is a corresponding reaction to that action. And that is evidence. What evidence is your life giving off to those that are around you? 
these evidences of healings and this, that and the other powerful signs, wonders, wasn't just something that was reserved for the apostles. It wasn't. We can read in 1 Corinthians, it talks about the, the, the spiritual gifts given to the churches. God gifts, uh, God gifts the gift uh, of, of tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's for worship. Um, he gifts us as believers with uh, the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, healings, miracles. Friends, these are gifts. These are gifts that are given to us. These are things, these are, these are potential evidences that we can, you know, we can walk in. It's not, it's not only for the elite Christians. It's not, it's not, it's not. That is not the case. The Holy Spirit gives, uh, gives the saints, that is Christians, the people who love Jesus, follow Jesus. He gives them gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit that point to Jesus. There's other evidence, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, that overflow as a result of spending time with Jesus and coming to know him. He changes us, doesn't he? He polishes us like that diamond. He makes us more and more beautiful. Uh, and, and these are evidences. Friends, I want to encourage us because in many ways, I think sometimes, I know that it's been true for me. I've been in, in work situations where the culture is so, so very, very dark that I have, I've been persuaded, uh, perhaps, I shouldn't, perhaps I shouldn't be too overt. Perhaps I shouldn't, too, I, shouldn't be too, I shouldn't be too much like Jesus in this instance. Oh, oh gosh, that was not the right response. Our world, which is broken, needs us to display and to be evident uh, to the world around us. Jesus says in Matthew 5, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Friends, there's our provocation. There's our challenge. There's our command from the mouth of Jesus. Let your light shine before others. Some of us have, have like I did, like I have done. Um, they've, you know, you've, you've, you've taken your lamp and you've put it under a bed. Jesus <laughs> talks about that in the Gospels. We, 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 we love him. We're made alive in him. There's a light in us because of what he's done. And we go and put that light and we tuck it under a bed because we're too fearful of, of displaying that light to the, to, to the world around us, the world that we live in, the people that we live before. Friends, I want to say, let's take that light back out. Plunk it back on that lampstand. That's what Jesus encourages us to do. Let your light shine before others. If you're a Christian in a very, very non-Christian environment, let your light shine before others. Be different. He has called you. He has made you his own. It cost him his life. He died on a cross to bring you into family. Let's, let's live for him. Let's, let's demonstrate him. Let's, let's show the world that we are, we're different. We're not better. We're not better. We're forgiven and free because of the King of Kings. Let our lives be, um, be, 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 be evidence to those around us. As we pray for people, we can do that. You know, take a step of faith, make, make that jump, do something you've never done before, pray for someone, love someone in, in a way that perhaps you've never been bold enough to love them before. Um, friends, there's plenty of ways we can uh, evidence uh, what God has done in us. He's changed us, hasn't he? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? 
Point four, radical obedience. We can read in verses 19 and 20 in this chapter, chapter four. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. There's a place after spending time with him, being recognised to have been those who live, uh, who have spent time with Jesus, who give off undeniable evidence, um, who were wonderfully chosen, not because we're the A-team, but because he's chosen us. Uh, there's a call to radical continual obedience, to radical discipleship for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. This is where the pressure came. Pressure became all of a sudden, you know, this is the turning point in the book of Acts where we start to see persecution come to the church in Jerusalem. And a massive shift starts to happen. And this is the very, very start of it. A healing happens. They're arrested. They get taken before the court. And the court say, don't speak about Jesus anymore. And they threaten them. And Peter and John say, whether it is right to listen to you or to listen to God, you must judge. We, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. We cannot but testify and live for Jesus for the rest of our lives. That is what we are doing now. And friends, um, I want to sensitively ask us, you know, we've, we've gone through a very, very long extended period, which has um, in some ways refined and in some ways tried to destroy uh, life that, that, that is in us as Christians. What has the last 18 months looked like for you? It's now longer than 18 months. We've been in the, in the season of coronavirus. Um, that's probably mentioned every other Sunday across churches in the UK and over the world. But it's, it's the truth and this is why. And so I want to ask us, is there something that has silenced you? The pressure has come to Peter and John. The pressure is on and they say, no, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. Is there, is there, are there things in your life over the last 18 months, perhaps longer, that has sucked the joy and the life of, out of your faith? Are there things that have threatened you, which have silenced you? For many of us, I think that, you know, there, there can be, and there is, <clears throat> it happens. You know, Romans 8 verse 1, there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He doesn't condemn us for it. He knows we're weak. He knows we're frail. He wants to strengthen us, fill us, comfort us, fill us with his Holy Spirit, empower us again. Perhaps you've been disappointed, disappointed in yourself. Perhaps you've been disappointed with, with the church. Perhaps there's been pain, grief, uh, loss, despair, uh, many, 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 many things that have gone on over the last few weeks, months, year and a half, longer, that has, that has, you know, the pressure's come and it's silenced you. And friends, I want to, I want to say to you this morning that God, you know, that's, that's, that we don't have to stay there. And some of us need to make a really intentional choice to say, no, actually, I'm going to respond the way Peter and John responded now. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a really intentional choice to say, actually, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got it wrong there. 
I need to, I need to, for some of us, I need to stop being so foolish. Uh, for some of us, he wants to really gently nurture us back to life again. So that we would come to a point and we're able to say, oh, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. Lord Jesus, you are king. Lord Jesus, you came down to save me. You have saved me and you promised me life. And I'm going I'm to clutch back onto that promise again. Friends, this morning he wants to reignite those promises in our hearts. And I want to encourage us. Let's grab onto that. There are some very real elements that are trying to persuade you and present options to you which are better than Jesus. Saying, no, do you know what? Just, just call it a day and come and indulge yourself in this. And there's a call. There's a call in the in the in the in the in the where the rubber hits the road in the difficulty of all the circumstances. I'm not overlooking any of that stuff, but there's a call to us. There's always a call. Amidst all of that, while that's all going on, there's a call to radical obedience. There's a call to radical discipleship. And, 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 as, we, and as we do that together, we can talk and, and we need to talk to each other about what's going on, what has happened, what has gone on, how can we care for each other better. But there's a call to radical discipleship that we'd be those who say, oh Lord, we cannot. We, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard about you, Lord Jesus, and we will live forever for the rest of our lives for you until we go to be with you in glory. We cannot do that in our own strength. We cannot do that in our own strength, which is why he says, come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll fill you with my spirit. You will not be able to do that in your own strength. And that's OK, because none of us can. But I want to encourage us. Why don't we come to him? Why don't we come to him? Because as I said earlier, there is an invitation to receive strength and comfort from him, to be made alive again, to be repurposed again by him. You might not be a Christian. This might be the first time you've been hearing something like this. I want to encourage you. Jesus is calling you today. He is the Lord. He is the King. Uh, and he is calling you into a relationship with him. And he can take away your guilt and your shame. And, and he will clear your debt, the stuff you've done wrong, and he will bring you into a new life of, of, of everlasting uh, life with him. That is the invitation that is for all of us this morning. And I'd love it. Why don't we respond now? He, he has called us just the way we are, not the 18. He's called us. And he's got a significant purpose for us. He wants you more and more to look like him because he loves you. Let's spend time with him. Let's delight in that. Friends, we want to be those who give off undeniable evidence. And so we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. Let's respond together, shall we?